Hello, health seekers. This is Troy at Troy Farwell. Get healthy with Troy Farwell. <clears throat> it's a new podcast that we've launched this recently. And our goal is to tap into new areas of wellness that have not really been uh, discussed before or maybe uh, approaching it in a different light. And uh, today we're going to hit that topic of, of fad diets. And it's been a question that has popped up on uh, several emails to me over the last few weeks here. I'm not a big fan of uh, talking on this topic, but I have a big background in it. So I will do my best and honor your time and try to keep our podcast down to about 30 minutes or so. So today's topic will be on fad diets, which ones are, are the best, uh, how you determine if a diet is the correct one for you and where to get the best information on diets in general. So let's just start with some definitions. So one of the areas that as a practitioner that I've always struggled with is, um, is what is a diet? And that is a definition that uh, we have to discuss. If um, oftentimes I see uh, people come in and if we cannot get on the same page as definitions, then we're speaking a separate language and we're never going to make progress unless we can identify the language that we're using with the same types of definitions. So one of the biggest issues that we have, you know, politically I see is, you know, definitions of certain things that get thrown around. And I'm like, that's, why don't we just define that? Why doesn't somebody just stand up and say, this is what this means, everybody. And it doesn't mean this. It doesn't mean that this is what it means. The same thing with diet and a lot of times with wellness, if we try to define what wellness is, if we try to define a whole bunch of different topics in, in my world or orbit, but we're talking diet today. So diet is, you know, the foods in which we eat is our diet. That's, that's the definition. So if you're eating A, B, and C, that's your diet. So what uh, we intake is our, is our is our diet. And I think that we have to look at it maybe slightly different um, than just as simplistic as that. So when Americans specifically, uh, and it's around the world too, but here in America, we are very obese. Uh, you can look at the uh, general population just walking through a, a mall, a restaurant, a grocery store, and you can see, uh, you know, this you know, obesity issue that we have. I like going to the grocery stores um, and just looking at what people are putting in their grocery cart and seeing if it, any of it makes any sense to me. I look at them, I'm like, oh, they're overweight. They're probably a diabetic. It looks like they have a thyroid disorder and yet they're eating everything that's going to be, you know, against moving them forward uh, in their health quest. If they had that is their goal. But a lot of people are so disconnected from themselves that they don't even realize that they're just living from moment to moment and what feels good, kind of like a very animalistic, like what a dog would do. Like this feels good, I'm gonna do it right now. And they don't really think about the bigger consequence of that. And the one thing that we have as human beings is we have the ability to think forward. <clears throat> and when we don't think forward about our consequences or the greater good, then I think that um, then we're really shaming the ability and the gift that we have and sitting right in front of us. So, Let's, let's dive a little bit deeper into diet. So let's just kind of go through diet from each diet. So what is the best diet? And I'm going to give you my answer to that. 
the best diet is the one that works for you. And that is sometimes changing too. So like I cannot get myself into any one camp from the keto diet to the, the whole 30 diet to the uh, carnivore diet to the vegan diet, vegetarian diet to the Mediterranean diet to FODMAP diet. To, I mean, like there's, you know, gluten-free diet. I mean, like there is so many different diets and I go through uh, the health food stores and I see like so many different categories that kind of cater to that, you know, like, oh, here, these are keto friendly. This is uh, vegan friendly. This is that. It's interesting to see all that and how that plays out. But then you can go to the grocery store and you can see the same thing. This is keto friendly. Um, well, that could be a whole bunch of things that are keto friendly. That doesn't mean it's good for you. Or this is gluten free. For God's sakes, the gluten free movement. Um, a lot of the stuff that's gluten free is actually worse than uh, the gluten itself as far as overall health. And again, the question that I would come up to is when somebody would ask me, um, you know, do you have gluten in your diet? My response would be, I don't eat a lot of food that has gluten in it to begin with. So it's a smart response to a uh, question that people do these absolutes. I'm going to take out all gluten. My question as a practitioner would be is, well, why can't you process gluten? Because we've processed gluten for years. And yes, an abundance of gluten, which is in our diet now because we're lazy and our manufacturing is, uh, we have given the manufacturers a an okay to produce crap food. And you purchase it, so you give them the okay. So stop purchasing it and they'll stop making it. That's how our society works. You can dictate by purchase. If you don't want something, don't buy it. And then that usually will change. But it's, it takes a massive amount of people to do that. And they, they will change. I've seen it. So getting back to the gluten question is, why are you not able to process a little bit of gluten? Why are you so inflamed? And why is your digestive system not being able to do that? So our typical response is from even practitioners in my field would be is to let's just remove all gluten from your diet, including everything from body care to anything. And if you touch it, your body will inflame. Well, that means that you are not a healthy individual in my eyes, that your body is in a hyper state. And that you're so not resilient that you have to walk through this maze of life and avoid gluten at every, every instance. So your whole day in life becomes, you know, opportunities or trying to avoid opportunities where there's going to be uh, gluten anywhere around you. You've ever had someone who's completely gluten free and they go to um a party or a, a get together you know i can't have that i can't oh that was too close to that i this was connected to that and and listen i hear you i mean like i I've, i'm in consultations and i work with these people who one bit of gluten will throw them completely over the edge and i get that we i'll put them on a completely gluten-free diet for a specific amount of time but my goal would be is like let's see if we can heal the digestive system and get your body to a state where it's not in such a hyper state. And if we can get it to that state, then we can actually get it to 
start to heal. And if it starts to heal, then, then let's see if we can introduce a little bit of gluten into your diet. Um, not a ton, but a small amount. And that small amount would be um, just a little bit, just to kind of tease it to make sure that your body is able to process it. So for my, for instance, for myself, gluten doesn't seem to have a huge effect on my body. Um, but, uh, you know, my wife, for instance, would be able to eat a little bit of gluten and, and she would, she would notice it. Foggy brain, uh, inflammation, uh, digestive distress. So she has to stay away, you know, 95% of the time, but she, I got her to the place where her health is, her digestive system is strong enough that she doesn't have to completely freak out if she gets a hold of it. She just kind of recognizes, she goes, yeah, I must've got into something that's just making me feel a little bit off. And that's how, and, and she's fine. We're still working towards getting a better digestive system for her. But the goal would be is that you're not at that level. And that's what a good practitioner, I think, would absolutely do is they would focus on trying to get your body to a healthier state by healing the digestive system, you know, leaky gut issues, you know, using wonderful different products. There's a lot of them. I use marshmallow root, slippery elm, L-glutamine. Um, you know, these things seem to help with the digestive system quite a bit. And some bone broths I've, I've had some success with also. But, you know, getting a customized program. And that's why I, I always tell people <clears throat> when you're looking for a diet, I was just recently at a soccer event and people were talking about uh, diets and they all had these really strong opinions. Like, I mean, like, no, this is the best. This is the best. I've lost this weight on this. And you get this with practitioners too. You get practitioners and I see it all the time. You walk into their office and they'll have every keto book up at the counter and all, you can look at their products and go, like, oh, this guy or this woman is their, their keto all the way. And, and then I'll go and I present things like, you know, what about these people who you know, don't have a gallbladder, who have a hard time processing, you know, an excess amount of fat. How do you work with that? And they usually are stumped. Uh, I'll give them enzymes. I'll give them kidney support products. What about, and I keep going through and, and finding fault. And, I, and I'll find fault with every single diet out there. And so the best diet when it comes back down to is, I think that if you have a practitioner who's pushing one specific diet and one specific diet only, then you might have to question a little bit of their training and you might want to look at some other options because I think a good practitioner or someone who does diet really well is somebody who can look at the individual, look at their constitution, look at where they live, their age, their, their condition, uh, their ailments, the things that are bothering them. Do they suffer from inflammation, psoriasis? Do they, have skin disorders? Do they have a thyroid disorder? Do they have a cholesterol, high cholesterol issues? Do they have, you know, like, you know, certain conditions, endocrine issues, then you, you have to adjust that. Are they Vata, Pitta, Kapha? Um, you know, are, is it winter time? Is it springtime? We should change our diet according to the season, first and foremost. So if you live in a place like Michigan, Minnesota, Iowa, New Hampshire, uh, you know, these places that have four seasons, then you need to adjust according to the season. We're in fall. The leaves have all, pretty much 90% of them have fallen. 
It's in November. It's getting cold out. It snowed a little bit last night. Um, having a, a cold smoothie with strawberry salad and uh, it doesn't make any sense at all, you know, at all. Is it healthy? Possibly. I mean, the nutritional part of it might be healthy, but is it the right thing to eat? And when it's getting cold, your body's trying to stay warm. Uh, energetically, it's not the right food for you. Uh, if you're a Vata type person, uh, constitution, why would you be eating cold energetic foods in the wintertime? So I see that oftentimes in my practice, you get these, these little yoga people, uh, usually these little Vata yoga girls who come in and they're, you know, 110 pounds and they're, um, eating a raw food diet because that's what somebody in their orbit told them that was healthy, which could be healthy in certain situations, but they live in Michigan and they have poor circulation and they have a cold tip of their nose and their fingertips are cold and their toes are cold and their digestive system is slow and, um, you know, and so forth. It just goes on and on. And you wonder why those conditions are there. It's because you're feeding food as medicine. So you're basically feeding them bad medicine. The nutri nutritional density might be decent, but I would say that overall, it's probably not the right fit, uh, not the right option for them. So I would put them on warm, energetic grounding foods to ground that that imbalance, that vata imbalance. So again, according to the season, the constitution and everything else. So there is no one diet that rings superior. Like I eat personally a, um, a mostly vegetarian diet. Uh, I think the data is pretty clear uh, with longevity. If you look at Peter Atea, if you look at Dr. Longo, you look at these really good uh, longevity experts, and then you just read without any bias, not looking some, for somebody to uh, vindicate your camp that you're in, you'll find that, you know, vegetarianism is a pretty solid diet, but you have to do it right. So I eat um, occasional farm-raised organic eggs occasionally. Um, I will, in the wintertime, uh, move myself into more of a pescatarian diet where I'll eat some really good cold water, uh, non, not farm raised, but like wild caught good safe areas. I do a lot of research on the fish that I'll ingest and I don't do that much. I might have it once every 10 days or twice a month. And I'll, I'll start taking, you know, supplements with more oils in them in the winter time because of the dryness and, and, um, everything that's here in, in Michigan. So I change my diet according to the season. And then in the summer, spring and summer, I, I don't really do any of those things. I don't in, in the spring because of uh, the Catholic nature of spring with, uh, I don't do any eggs. I don't do anything that would create extra mucus. Um, so I avoid that. And I feel like I need the, the extra choline, the extra, um, benefits that eggs bring and a little bit of fish in the fall and winter. And then in the spring and summer, I kind of move myself away from those and eat more of a strict vegetarian diet in just about a vegan diet in, in the dead of summer. And I, you know, swing into fall, I start changing things a little bit more. And, and then in the middle of winter, I'll, you'll see me eat uh, fish occasionally. And then people will say, well, would you ever eat um, 
would you ever eat anything that like flesh, you know, from a, a chicken or, uh, and I'm like, or turkey or venison or something like that. And I'm like, listen, these decisions uh, I make, but my body is the one that's telling me, and I'm getting in tune with my body and my body is the one who's telling me, hey, I feel a little bit off. Something isn't right. Digestion's a little bit off. I'm having more inflammation. I'm having more of this or that. And it's at that point that you're, you should be able to recognize that things are not working. And I do this daily, weekly, almost hourly. Like, you know, this, I ate this today, but you know what? It didn't feel right. I'm going to probably see if I can eat it tomorrow. And, and then if it doesn't work tomorrow, then I might need to put it on the shelf for a while and then maybe reintroduce it in a week or so and see if it works. We have to be mindful and aware of what goes in our body because every single thing that we eat that comes from the earth that we eat is a gift and then we then it becomes us so you are only as good as uh, if you laid out all the food that you ingest in a day and laid it on a, or put it on a table or a counter and then you said that that is going to be me within 24 hours because the nutrients within them are going to be a part of you and if it doesn't look like it gives you life and it takes away life, then you shouldn't be eating it. It's a real simple process. When I eat something, I'm like, does this give me life or does it take it away? Because there is no amount of food or any one thing that I am so tied to coffee. I mean, I do have one addiction, slight addiction. I don't have really any addictions, but I have a really, really strong love for this thing called chocolate. And, um, <laughs> That is a real, uh, my family makes fun of me and people who know me well will, you know, they'll giggle at the amount of chocolate that I, um, <laughs> I like, I, I, I just truly like the process of chocolate. Um, you know, when we were in Costa Rica, we went through all the chocolate factories. I think the kids were getting sick and tired of like, dad, why are we doing another chocolate factory uh, tour again? Because at the end of the tour, you get a lot of free chocolate. <laughs> And it's a really good value. You pay seven bucks for a tour and you get like $30 in chocolate. I was just doing the math. Uh, but it's just an interesting process and how it's made and, and uh, the history of it. Uh, and I, I just really, really like the flavor of good chocolate. Like I, I don't like a Hershey's bar. That's something that is, I, I don't even recognize that as chocolate. I don't look at that as chocolate at all. But you, we have these cravings and we have these things that our body kind of goes through and you could, you can indulge in that. So like I eat really, really strictly and there is no one food that I would not give up even chocolate. I mean, like if I started recognizing, like every time I have chocolate, I feel anxious, which could happen. Uh, every time I have chocolate, I feel, uh, you know, I, I, you know, something's in my body isn't really responding well to, then I would probably no, not probably. I would definitely take a step back and I would stop eating chocolate. I don't love chocolate more than I love my life. There's no food that I like that much, not coffee. So when people say, and they do consultations with me, I'm, I can't give up meat. Yeah, you can. Yeah, yeah, you can. You know, you can do that. You're just choosing not to. Um, and I'm not saying that we have to give up a bunch without having some kind of replacement. But we are really in this, like, 
again, I, I just don't think that we are very resilient as a culture and that you'll hear me say that a lot. And we, we whine and we cry a little bit too much. And as a practitioner, I'm, I'm pretty tough on these people. I'm like, listen, you're here in front of me paying me money to help you with your health condition. And yet you're not willing to do a little bit of work, like give up something for two or three weeks to see how your body feels. If you can't make that, then you need to really look at, you know, yourself and see why that's the case. Because do you really think the four minutes or five minutes of pleasure of food or whatever, how long it might be for you is really worth the hours and hours that you have to go through your day with the inflammation, with the headaches, with the digestive issues. It's really worth that. I think not. So I think we have our priorities really messed up and we need to be called out on it. And I'm here to call you out on it. I think it's ridiculous. I think that you, your health ailments are yours in 90 some percent of the time it's your fault that you're in the position that you're at it's your problem you got yourself here now if you were born next to fukushima a nuclear reactor not your fault it means it's you know you were born there and you have a, you know an endocrine issue and a thyroid and you know and not your fault so there are situations like that but i mean for uh genetics you know come into play and some other things, but there's a thing called epigenetics now there. If you get really smart about it, you can override a lot of those issues. So people come to me all the time and say, well, it's a genetic thing. I'm like, no, it's not. It's a your thing. It's your, you're now blaming somebody else, a, a lineage of bad decision-making um, for your overweight or your diabetes or your whatever. So why don't you take responsibility for it and, get your acting gear and start making better decisions. And if you don't want to, that's fine, but then don't come crying about it. Um, so, so anyways, my, my point to you is I think that it's really important that we as a culture really kind of look at these diets and question each and every one of them. So veganism has benefits. So there's some great benefits, but you have to know how to do it. You need to be with a practitioner to set it up and, and do it right. And I have seen amazing returns on investment with people going vegan, health improved a million times. But I've also seen people eat cookies all day on vegan diets and become a diabetic. So, you know, there's there's pros and cons to this. Uh, I've seen people on keto who've, you know, had amazing results with kids with um, uh, attention deficit and seizure disorders and and things that they've done really, really, they've done really well with. But at the same token, I've also seen people who have had some really bad negative side effects to doing keto. So what about doing keto as a vegetarian, which you can do very difficult, a lot of planning, a lot of organization. I've seen amazing results with a keto vegetarian type diet. So there's, you know, these applications that we have to kind of adjust and constantly adjust just because something worked and you were getting a result and you lost a bunch of weight on a keto diet <clears throat> doesn't mean it's a good diet long term doesn't mean it's even healthy for you um like a carnivore diet to me is a ridiculous diet i just think it's a ridiculous long-term diet makes no sense to me um and i've seen people who are like well go on a carnivore diet you'll lose a bunch of weight well yeah i mean just look at the math it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out the math on it that you're you're going to lose weight on something like that but is it sustainable and is it healthy have you i've seen people come in uh, on these carnivore diets and they're like, Oh, I lost 18 pounds and I feel phenomenal. 
But then you look at like the energetics of that. You look at, does it have sweet, sour, salty, bitter, astringent, and pungent as your, as your six flavors? Is it uh, easy for your digestive system? And these answers are no, 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 and no. And long-term wise, the people that I've seen that have done that have failed miserably with health issues. So it's not sustainable. So one of the things is that we don't have to be radical about decisions. We just have to get better. Instead of eating this, eat something better. If, if you're drinking uh, soda, then switch to Zevia or something that's um, you know a little bit better. You don't have to necessarily stop drinking it. Just go to something better. You know, and then from that point, maybe after a while, you're like, you know, maybe I don't need to drink the Zevia anymore. Um, and I, I just do it once a week. And then it just becomes like, you know, I really don't even need it. So it's just, it's small improvements. When you try to have somebody just like completely like wipe out their diet, I'm going vegan tomorrow. Yeah, right. I mean, like you have never done that in your life. The chance of you being successful are near, almost none. And I'm not being a pessimist. I'm the ultimate optimist. I'm just a realist. And I would say, not going to happen. You know, they'll do it for two or three weeks. They'll fade away. And then they'll be online looking for the next great diet to save their health issues. And that's the problem is that there's so many options that people, <clears throat> if it doesn't work, oh, I can go to something else. That'll work. And then that doesn't work. They'll go to something else. And they do that with practitioners too. You know, like they'll come and see me. I'll give them some advice. They don't like the advice because it's hard. And then they'll run from it. You know, and they're like, oh, he was telling me that I can't drink six gallons of coffee a day. You know, I'm just, you know, I can't, I can't live without coffee. Well, no, you can, you choose not to. So again, choices, education, getting with a good practitioner. But the, the, the reality of this podcast or this episode is really just to have somebody take a smart look, not an emotional look, not a shortcut look. There is no shortcuts with diets. It's an evolution. It's constantly changing. And you should never get into one corner 100%. You should always say, I may, I'm vegetarian right now, but it might change in the future according to what my body is requesting. Not what you emotionally are requesting, but what your body is actually requesting. And if you don't have that connection with your body, then you should get there. And if you need to get there, if you can't get there, then you need to get a really good practitioner who can help you get there. I do consultations at TroyFarwellHolisticHealth.com. If somebody wants to set up a telehealth that we can go over that, but like breaking down your foods and, and, um, and getting it right is not an easy task, but once you understand, you know, fat, carbs, proteins, you understand the six different flavors to help with digestion and inflammation and that what, what do bitters do, you know, they help with HCL production and, and help with your digestive system. And so if you don't have bitters in your diet, then you're, you're probably going to have digestive issues. So there's so many things that we need to kind of look at along with the, maybe if you're going to add supplements into it or anything else. So be mindful of these diets. And when I see all these books at the bookstore on this diet and that diet and this diet, you know, at the holidays, I'm seeing like all these diets uh, books coming out. Be leery of those, you know, take them with a grain of salt. You know, there is no one diet. Every diet needs to be customized and it needs to be custom to you for the rest of your life. You can get ideas through books, which I get, but then there's, I wouldn't stick to just one of those ideas or one of those theories forever. So I don't have much more on the topic. Uh, if you wanted to discuss more, 
individually, you can get a hold of me through my website, or you can other find some other great practitioners in your area. Just make sure that they're not into one camp when you ask them. You can interview your practitioner, see if it's a good fit. It doesn't mean that you have to like your practitioner as far as is like, oh my gosh, I just felt so cool. He was such a, or she was such a great person. No, you want to get to the place where like, they seemed very educated. They were open to a lot of different opportunities and, uh, and, and they looked at diet in a whole different way. Um, you know, they weren't into just one camp. Uh, I get a little nervous when you're like, I only do veganism. I, I only do keto. I, I just think that that's, that's not going to be in your best interest because it may not work for you. It might for a little bit, but long-term wise, again, you're adapting to a diet versus the diet adapting to you. It's a little bit of a different process. So anyways, I want you to track your foods. Think about it. If you're going to do something for the new year, start your new year outright. You know, think about doing consultations with real good practitioners. Be safe, eat healthy, uh, be mindful, and show great gratitude for all the wonderful foods that are um, out there and, uh, and make better choices. Um, thank you for listening. And if you like what you're hearing, uh, continue listening and share these videos as, uh, with friends and family. Thank you and blessings to all of you.